Oh my gosh, you have no idea. <laughs> no, that's exactly what I did. I would just nod. <laughs> I kind of saw my life flash before my eyes like five times a day. <laughs> it was the most chaotic, most out of my comfort zone I could possibly like ever in my life. Hello. Hi, Maya. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Yeah, it's good to be here. <laughs> um, so this is Exchange Student Stories, and I'm Owen. I'm the host. Um, and today, yeah, I'm interviewing you. And, and I'm Maya. Yeah, and so you, the reason why I originally like reached out to you, trying to interview you, because you're in Chile as well, but you also have a little bit different, unique experience, a uh, different perspective in that you've gone on a different exchange program as well as the Rotary Exchange to Chile. And could you just sort of introduce yourself and, and tell us a little bit about, about, about where you're from, where you went on exchange, and and yeah, just a little yeah, brief introduction. Yeah, so my name is Maya, and I went to Indonesia for six weeks um, earlier this year. And it was a language learning program through the through NSLIY, a, what is it, State Department program thingamajig? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> National Security Language Initiative for Youth. Yeah, I didn't even know <laughs> say all the letters. Yeah, <laughs> that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Very cool. And so, and that that was the summer program. And so you you did that, and then you came to Chile with Rotary. Um, and I'm I'm curious. Yeah, if you could sort of tell us why you chose to do both, and sort of what what inspired you to go on exchange and to do those those two different programs. Okay. I think it was the Nisli one first. Yeah, the Nisli one first, except because the acceptance rate is so low, I started looking for other programs, and my uh, my mom actually knew a guy who knew a guy who <laughs> whose kid went on a Nisli exchange program earlier, and they connected and were like, Hey, would you be interested in this? And I was like, yeah. Oh, wait, no. That was the... Okay. The connection thing was for Rotary. And then... Okay, I found Nisley first and then Rotary. <laughs> this is going to be a shit show. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. It's fine. Okay. Yeah. And so you went on that program because you... You thought it sounded fun? Did you specifically want to learn a specific language, or you were you kind of just like, oh, I'm just going to go for this? Yeah, the program looked really trustworthy, and that was obviously one of the things that I was looking most for. And, well, there were a lot of countries that I've never really thought about going to before, and Indonesia kind of stood out to me the most. Got it, got it. So it wasn't about language. It was more about new experience. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Very, very cool. Well... I have a little bit of a grudge because I also applied to Nestle um, and didn't get in, uh, but it's okay. <laughs> but I'm, it's super cool that you were able to go and, and do, do both of those programs. Um, I know that it's very different than other exchange programs in that you're going to a language school with other students from just the U.S. Could you 
uh, sort of describe that and, you know, tell us a bit like how your days went? Yeah, actually. Okay. We went to this language school called Wisma Bahasa for like six hours every single day. And after that, we would have these um, like extracurriculars, like cultural activities in addition to the language learning. And so there was one day where we went out and went to a environmental school where we learned about like permaculture and all that. And then there was another day we did like silver working and oh, wow. made jewelry out of like wire. Yeah, so there was a lot of different experiences. And I would just like to mention that the group, the group that was my Nisley cohort was filled with some of the most interesting people I've ever met in my life, even though they were only like from across the the United States. Oh, interesting. Got it. And how well, why why do you think that is? How do they how do they do that? I think it was mostly because everybody, mostly everybody, their parents were immigrants. And so they already had kind of this multicultural upbringing. And that was just, yeah, everybody had such different life experiences. That was just really cool to see. Interesting. That's really cool. And is that is that one of the um, the things that they use to, to try and... and um select candidates is trying to bring candidates from different backgrounds into the the program? I mean, I can't say I know anything about the, what it takes to get accept or like what the, what they were looking for, mm -hmm. but that's what it seems like. Yeah. 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 And the other part about that program that I know about is that makes it a lot different than all the other ones is it's, it's a hundred percent free. Is that, that correct? Oh Yeah. <laughs> That was unbelievable. Absolutely crazy. <laughs> yeah, we ended up staying in some, like, five-star hotels in Jakarta. And, oh, wow. Oh, my gosh. It, like, my life was unreal for, <laughs> for a while. Yeah. That's really cool. That's really cool. And did you stay? Sorry, I'm probably making you more jealous. <laughs> no, no, you're good. Um, Did you end up staying with a host family, or were you staying with these other students? How did that work? Yeah, so we got one host, or everybody got one host family for the entire six weeks, which is, yeah, a little different from the Rotary thing, but yeah. It was, for me, it was a little bit interesting, because my host family wasn't really around very much. Um, they were traveling and busy with work and school, so mm -hmm. I kind of, I kind of got the reputation as the orphan, <laughs> but... Two host, two other, two of the other host families kind of, uh, they saw what was going on and they kind of adopted me. That's nice. So, yeah. <laughs> and then with that that program, <laughs> that's the the six week summer program. There's also a school year program. Is that correct? I think so. Yeah. Okay. And did you did you apply for those other programs as well, or just the summer Nestle program? Uh, just the summer Nisley program because, well, there's only so many abroad programs I can, you know, apply for before it gets to be too much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did did doing that over the summer affect any of, like, your preparations for coming to Chile? Because I know that 
it's like kind of a, a a mad dash during the summer to get the visa and everything all sorted out. How did how did you sort of overcome that? Oh my gosh, you have no idea. <laughs> um, okay, so here's the thing. Within the span of one week, I returned from Indonesia, packed for Chile, and was in South America. Oh, wow. Or like, yeah, it was Indonesia. Or Yeah, it was Indonesia. I like flew through Dubai and then in the U.S. And then, uh, then I was in the U.S. for three days and I had to unpack and repack everything. And then I flew to Chile. That's crazy. That's crazy. And where, where in the U.S. are, do you normally live? I live in Minnesota. Oh, okay. So Minnesota is a lot different from Indonesia and Chile. (laughs) (laughs) You think? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I know. <laughs> it's kind of crazy because, like, to think about going to an entirely different climate because, like, where I'm from in California is the exact same here in Chile. Like, literally the exact same climate. Like, I'm seeing, like, really? yeah, I'll go down a street and I'll see California poppies, our state flower, and, like, eucalyptus trees that are, like, that I have in my yard in the U.S. What? Yeah. So... It's like I've literally just like swapped. Okay, that's that seems like an unfair advantage. <laughs> yeah, no, it's pretty cool because I'm like, ah, oh, this is nice. This is like our summers, you know, like all the hills are turning golden and like I get to have double summers. It's it's great. It's great. Wait a minute. Okay. But you have snow during Christmas, right? Uh in California? No. Um we had we we get snow in my town every 70 years. We had it this last year for like the first time in like ages on the tops of the mountain peaks, but never. I live by the ocean. Like it's summer all year round. Guess I'm thinking Northern California. Okay. Oh my God. Yeah, no, the stereotypes are true. California is just sunny paradise. This is not. Okay. So this is barely a change for you. Yeah, no, literally all that's changed is that now there's like 10 foot walls with barbed wire around my house and, um, (laughs) Uh, there's better public transit and they speak Spanish. And everybody's, no, no, they don't speak Spanish. They speak Chilean. <laughs> sí, po, ay, weón. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, it's definitely different. I came yeah. here and I was like, what are they saying? I don't, I know Spanish, but I don't understand what's going on. Um, my favorite one is in the pronunciation. Cause like I can understand the vocabulary. Like I get cachai. Um, but the like pronunciation of instead mm-hmm. of estas buena, it's tawena like that. Mm-mm, nuh-uh. <laughs> mm-hmm. Or like ending things with Y or with eyes, like any e getty or whatever. Yeah, no, uh, it, mm-mm. yeah, it's hard, but you know, here's the great, the great bright side of it is now we're learning the hardest Spanish in the world. And so that means we're going to have a lot easier time understanding Spanish from everywhere else. And we're going to have a funky accent um, when we talk to people in the U.S. Yeah. I'm okay. Except I think we're going to be decent at this whole Chilean Spanish thing. And then we're going to go to like an actual Spanish speaking country and be like, wait, what? You know, that's what I'm worried about, that all this effort is for nothing. Mm, this effort is not definitely not for nothing. I, I, went, I was sitting at a dinner table the other night, 
and it was with my host families, like extended family. And there was one woman at the table who I hadn't met before, but I could understand her Spanish so well. Like, I was like, why can I understand you better than all the other people? And like, it came up in conversation that she's actually Guatemalan, um, not Chilean. And I like giggled a little bit because I was like, oh my goodness, this person speaks so easily to understand. And it's just because it's not Chilean. Yeah. No, I've met people like that too. And I just, I just assumed that they speak more normally. I don't know. (laughs) Nice. Yeah. Yeah. The only other person who I've like, it's like, yeah, people who really pronounce, pronounce their words like strongly um, also are a little bit easier to understand. But I think it's, I think it's kind of like, it's the difference between talking informally and formally and people who talk more formally, it's a little bit easier for us to understand because we don't, we haven't grown up around the, uh, the slang. Yeah. That. I, okay. I'm caught between wanting people to speak normally to me so that I get used to it and wanting people to speak to me so that, you know, I understand the hard balance between, between the two. Yeah. Yeah. I know, I know at the beginning I had to tell people to talk slower because it was just like, I couldn't just, I didn't want to nod my head and be like, "Mm mm-hmm, yeah, mm mm-hmm, when I didn't understand them and then miss something important because, you know, that, that would be bad. Oh, that's exactly what I did. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's exactly what I did. I would just nod. (laughs) It it works fine enough. Most of the time they were only waiting for confirmation, so (laughs) it's fine. Yeah. And then you like get a piece of information entirely wrong and get off on the wrong bus stop uh, and don't know where you are. You know, that also happens sometimes. Oh, I've done that <laughs> twice. It's fun. <laughs> it's it's all a part of the experience. It's learning and growing. Yeah. Um, also, getting lost is the best part of traveling, I swear. I would 100% agree with that, actually. That is, that is so true. Yeah. <laughs> I recently have like figured out the bus system here and it's like, it's, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm opening a whole new world, um, of being able to go to other cities. Like what? It's crazy. Yeah. I just stand on the side of the freeway until a bus comes and I wave at it and it, it picks me up and it takes me two hours south, yep. uh, for five bucks. That's crazy. Well, or you could be trying to get somewhere on a Sunday morning and then all of the buses just pass by you because apparently they're only picking up people who work for the cherry orchards. <laughs> Been there, done that. Yeah. No, it's really interesting because, like, in the U.S., we have public transit and greyhounds and buses and stuff, but it's, like, nowhere near the level that they have here. Um, it's also just like really organized. Mm-hmm. So here there's like a lot more, well, but it's okay. very unorganized. Yes. Agreed. Agreed. Here. Okay. I wish there was an app that I could see like when and where the buses are coming, you know, so that I, I wouldn't just have to wait there for an hour before I realize that no more are coming. <laughs> oh, 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 there is an app. There is an app. Um, I had it downloaded and then I deleted it because I didn't need it anymore. Are you kidding me? Yeah, but it, it's not for the buses. It's for the micros. It's only in the cities. Um, but. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Oh, my God. What is it called? What is it called? What is it called? I, I don't have it on downloaded on my phone anymore. Oh, it's called Move It. Um, M-O-O-V-I-T. Transporte Publico. Um, 
I don't know if it's in your city, but it's in my city. Okay, wait. It has all of the lines. Yeah, no, you definitely got to get it. Um, but it, it also the other thing you can do is look up like the name of your city and micro, and usually the local bus operator will have a website that they have information about lines and stuff on. Um. I know that there's one of those for my region. Um, are there actual trackers on the buses? I maybe it looks like there are. I never had to use that. It says there's like one of these photos that says tu línea llega en tres minutos, but like <clears throat> I I'm not sure. I think it might be just like when it's supposed to be there, not necessarily when it is going to be there. I, I'm not sure. Okay. Um, I've 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 had to go by the rule of thumb that if I'm not on a bus by by seven, then I'm not getting home. Uh. So, <laughs> okay, okay, okay. I'll, I'll check it out. Yeah, and I think it's so funny because, like, my my host family makes fun of me a little bit for this because when I first arrived, they were like, "Yeah, so we get up at six in the morning and then we eat breakfast at six thirty and then we leave at seven, and they have to leave at seven to get to school on time." But the six and the six thirty thing are pretty. Um, I, I'm usually the first person up making breaking breakfast at six forty. Um, and then everybody else comes out and rushes out to get everything. Um, but we always leave at seven, but for other things, like when it's not school and stuff like that, it, it, people will say, yeah, yeah, we're leaving at 10. And it's like, you're lucky if you're walking out the door at 11. Okay. If you always leave at seven, that is, that is an accomplishment. Every single day, I'm like five to twenty minutes late to school. Every single day, without fail. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm. I think my host family's a little bit more like on time than other ones. Probably significantly more on time. Um, but it's because we live so far away from my school that we have to leave. I am so jealous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I live twenty minutes away from my school. <laughs> yeah, but my new host family that I'm moving to, um is going to be their mom's like a teacher at the school. So they're like even more scheduled. So like I'm moving to, I'm going to be in like two Chilean families that are very um like on time to things, which is not a super Chilean thing. Outliers. Yeah. No, I am so jealous. I'm so jealous. Okay. <laughs> no. Sometimes when my host parents say that they're going to pick me up at like four, I literally tell people that I'll be here until like six or seven and I'm always right <laughs> like they're consistently several hours late yeah 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 no it's it's and like it, I, I don't even think it's their fault it's just yeah well it's just a, it's a cultural thing and like it's just how it goes I know that when I was like planning to hang out with friends I was like all right so I want to hang out at four which means I need to tell everybody to show up at three <laughs> yeah it's different. But it's, I don't know, it's 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 interesting to be experiencing a different culture and, and the time and, and stuff like that. When you were in Indonesia, did you get to really experience, I don't know, sort of the the life of the people living there? Or was it more structured around the language school and the activities? That's kind of a hard question. As in, like, did I have to... Or, okay, there was... Yes, yes, I did experience... A lot of culture shock and um, new ways of living that I had never experienced or seen before. Um, but a lot of my, yeah, my days were highly, highly structured around the classes and the activities. Except when they weren't, and then I would just wander around the city. 
It's great. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, speaking of all those like cultural differences, what what were some of the things that really surprised you, shocked you, you found funny or like different misunderstandings that you might have had when you went to Indonesia? Um, okay, let's think. Okay, I would say oh my gosh. Okay, okay. There's these things called Gojeks, which are basically like just motorcycle Uber thingamajigs. And okay. First off, the way these people drive are is just it's crazy. It's the motorcycles are like inches away from the cars at any given time, at any given speed. And it's I kind of saw my life flash before my eyes like five times a day. <laughs> and these these gojeks, mm-hmm. like they're used to get around everywhere. And actually in the first week we weren't even allowed to use them, but it's kind of a necessity in Indonesia, honestly, so so there's that. And then uh they they don't use toilet paper. So did you just ride on the back of them? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was weird. But yeah, I got used to it. It's fine. Riding motorcycles is like one of my favorite things to do. And they don't, and they don't use toilet paper? No, they don't use toilet paper. It's li- They only use bidets. Or in some cases, if you're in a very uh, old house or something like that, they literally just used a bucket. <laughs> <laughs> don't ask. Oh, wow. <laughs> I don't want to. Yeah. That's definitely a culture shock. But I mean, life is life. It works. It was a culture shock. Oh, and then there are these... Okay, because, like, I think it's, like, more than 70% 70 of the population is um, Muslim. So there's, like, these these calls calls to prayer that go out like five times a day and one of those times is at 4 a.m every day (laughs) that was a culture shock oh wow so you're you're getting you're getting woken up at 4 a.m with the the calls to prayer was your family muslim did they pray at 4 a.m or actually i don't know if my family was but like like other host families definitely were, and they definitely did. But I learned how to sleep through them, so I'm good. Oh, nice, nice. <laughs> like, what what were some of the biggest differences? Would you say between the cultures of Indonesia and Chile? I'm really curious about that. Oh my god, it's been so long. It's only been four months. I know, I know. But like, all I remember is like the greetings are always a shock. It's different in every country, and it's just... Yeah. (laughs) I guess, oh, they tend to keep their distance, like, way (laughs) more than Chileans do. Like, Chile, there's a lot of, like, food stands and, like, little stores just everywhere. Like, everywhere, everywhere, everywhere. And it's, yeah, (laughs) it's great. Got it, got it. So the street food goes crazy. Yes. I think this is a worse time delay than when I was interviewing people in like Germany. <laughs> Dang. How many people have you interviewed before? Um, let's see. Okay, so I've done I've done the two first podcasts and then I interviewed Brazilian in Germany, Alice, and that was just published. Um, 
And they, I have another podcast that I'm editing right now that's about to get published um, that was a, a German in Brazil. Um, so I got to see those different culture shocks, but like oh. in reverse, which is really cool. I'm excited to publish that. Um, and then this one, which will be my fifth podcast. Yeah. Nice. That's really cool. Get back on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm I'm having a fun time with it. So any more questions? Um, oh, I'm curious. So the language learning, um, the language learning in these, in, when you learn Indonesian is way different than how you learn Spanish. And I'm really curious um, how, how, if you could sort of compare and contrast your experiences with those two different languages. Okay. Okay. You want to hear the best part about the Indonesian language? There are no conjugations. None. Zip. Every single form of the word, there's like... That's so nice. Yes, yes. There's like an informal version, and then there is a formal version. And that's it. There's no more forms of the word that I know of. And then in Spanish... Oh my gosh. There are charts upon charts upon charts of every single possible different use of like the word in in every single context and it's terrible to memorize all of those and all of the irregulars and in comparison indonesian was just oh my gosh it was lovely i miss it (laughs) (laughs) yeah no spanish is definitely harder and did you study before coming to chile any spanish or did you just learn here yeah so um I studied Spanish for five years in school, and um, and then I went to Indonesia, and then I went to Indonesia, and then I came to Chile, and I literally forgot, like, everything. Like, when I was greeting people, I would say, hello, instead of hola, <laughs> and I was saying, makasi, instead of gracias, and it was, my gosh, it was so freaking it's just frustrating and humiliating that I literally did not have a clue. <laughs> it was so bad. It was so bad. But it came back a little bit. Yeah. And now are you are you already starting to lose your Indonesian a bit? Oh yeah. Like it's gone. Like completely? Yeah. I kind of decided that I I mean, not completely 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 like Let's see. If I read a children's book <laughs> in Indonesian, I would be able to like pick out words every here and then that I know or that I am strongly familiar with and have a feeling that I knew at some point. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy cuz you yeah. learned you learned that language so fast in such an intense program that do you think that that's yeah. partially why it's it's hard to remember? Or do you think it's just that you're not using it? Honestly, I think I had like a really a decent grasp on the language by the end of the program because we were studying it so so much, and it was it was every single inch of our lives for six weeks. And I'm just I'm I think it's just because I. I haven't used it because I the thought that I should focus on Chilean Spanish, but now I'm kind of sad about it. Yeah, yeah. Well, 
I mean, probably if you ever end up going back, it'll come back. I mean, yeah, it it's tucked away in there somewhere. <laughs> and like every once in every once in a while, I like I look up those Indonesian children books online, and I just try to go through them, or I try to do like a few. Um, okay. When, yeah, when going to Indonesia, they had us learn through this program called Pimsleur, and they wanted us to practice through that before we came, mm. or before we went, and that was a really, really, really good idea. And so every once in a while, I go back into those lessons, but yeah, it'll come back. It'll come back. It's fine. <laughs> Everything's fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that's, it's really, it's really interesting, the, the language thing, because I know that for me, like... I did not have a great, mm, very solid grasp on Spanish. Like I could never, I couldn't really speak it at all before I came, but I had a lot of exposure to it and I had studied it for three years in school and stuff. And I had a lot of exposure to it. And I think that that really helped me at first being able to understand because even, even though I couldn't speak very well, I couldn't really conjugate being able to understand what was kind of going on. Um, was a, a a bit more than most of the other exchange students who I talked to, and I think that I think that having an a, a basic ability to understand the language is really gonna really made my first months of my exchange a lot better. Yeah, I okay. Honestly, I wasn't able to understand anything, but I could read. I could read very well, <laughs> so that was my saving grace. But. Okay, actually, in school, I was so good at Spanish that when I say when I say five years, it was actually four, but I skipped a year because I was so I was getting such good grades in Spanish, and my teacher gave me a recommendation, and I was like, "Yeah, I know Spanish. I'm gonna do great in a Spanish-speaking country." And then I came, and then I'm like, "Uh oh, <laughs> no." Yeah, the. The book knowledge of this, the language does not equate to being able to understand all the slang and being able to actually have conversations. <laughs> no, no, it does not. And even, yeah, even now, like sometimes I would just wonder, have I learned anything at all? But it's getting better. <laughs> it's all good. Oh, yeah, no, there's definitely days when you're like, um, I don't know Spanish. Uh, yeah. the, what is he saying? Uh... <laughs> I feel like there are some days where I'm just like, yeah, I'm like just a step away from being fluent. And then other days when I'm just like, how, what is going on? <laughs> yeah, no, it's definitely a roller coaster of like, man, I'm so good at this language. And then, oh my goodness, I don't understand anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <sighs> and so with your your school here in Chile, you're not, I mean, you're not going to language classes. You're going to, we're on summer break now, but we were going to to school, to colegio. Um, mm-hmm. what, what are some like the biggest differences and things that you noticed between your school in the U.S. and your school here in Chile? Oh my gosh. Okay. So I write a blog and basically in every single blog post or like every other blog post, I just mention like a new difference (laughs) that I've seen that I've noticed. And there's a lot, like a lot, a lot. 
And I was actually, my most recent one is kind of just like the close knittedness of the, like the classes, the groups. Because, okay, in my Minnesotan high school, there is like, what, 2,000 kids in my school with only four grades. And here, okay, that means like Mm -hmm. 500 kids in my grade, right? Yeah. Here in my grade, guess how many? Like 18. 18. And I'm with these people every single day for every single class. And we do all of our projects and all of our class activities all Mm -hmm. together. And like, I know these people. I know their yeah. first names, their last names, their parents, their exes, their girlfriends, like everything. <laughs> and then in Minnesota, it would be like a small miracle to know all of the names in my class. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've always been so impressed by principals who like know everybody's name. It freaks me out. Um, I, my, my principal at my old school, he like knew my name. He knew all my friends' names. He knew, he knew everybody's name. I could never. That's crazy. Yeah. And we had a, like 1,800 people yeah. in four grades. And it's, yeah, massive change. The Like the close-knittedness is, is crazy. Like my, my colegio here in Chile yeah. was was like 30 people in each class, but there were three classes per grade. So it was like it was like 90 people in a, in a um, just a little under 90 people in each grade, which was still like a massive change. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And also, they get breaks here. Like, 15-minute breaks between every class. Ooh, and there's yeah. ping-pong tables. <laughs> and it's great. It's awesome. Yeah, school is much more laid back here. Oh, does your school have ping-pong tables? Yes, yes, it does. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I like it here. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I feel like... Cause like I was used to taking like AP classes and like it was it was kind of weird because like in the US I was taking AP classes yeah. and I was taking like shop classes and they have neither of those here like it's all the same yeah. general education stuff. Well, okay, my school kind of they have like this programming class and art class and that is pretty much it for electives and then. Yeah, in my Minnesotan school, yeah, there was whatever you could think of, yeah. it was there. And if it wasn't there, you could make it happen. And that's that sort of goes along with, like, the idea of the, I don't know, sort of change in in freedom between, like, going to a new country and you're, you're, you suddenly have all these new restrictions and new, not necessarily rules even, but just different ways of living that limit what you were able to do prior how have you experienced that and sort of worked around that as in oh yeah I have kind of when I came to Chile I kind of became an entirely new person with different interests and different hobbies and a different way of just acting and like living life I changed everything (laughs) everything was different and so it's so real yeah and so I just kind of adapted and I just I kind of looked what other people were doing and I decided I'll be doing that too now because I wanted to be a good exchange student so I did 
like earlier I was uh, I was a ski instructor and I was like a beekeeper's apprentice and like a volunteer at an animal shelter and I just can't do any of that here and so now I'm playing volleyball and um trying to learn guitar and things like that (laughs) yeah well yeah no it's real it's real interesting how going on exchange it really forces you I mean you cannot try new things but you're not gonna be having a good time if you want to be having a good time you're gonna have to get out of your comfort zone and 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 really figure out some some new things to try and do. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Do you have the alianzas at your school? Oh, I think we do, but we didn't do anything. Yeah. We didn't do anything with them during the semester that I was there. Um, so I don't know really how they work. Um, yeah. I didn't understand what was happening until it was happening. <laughs> it was, the most chaotic, most out of my comfort zone I could possibly, like, ever in my life. It was, oh gosh, it was crazy. It was nuts. Um, yeah, I was dancing. You were dancing? Uh-huh. I was, it was a dance competition, and I ended up in two dances in front of the entire school. And let's just say I would have never, ever, ever done that in my Minnesota high school. And then there was another day when we were all dressing up as, like, certain, like, characters and whatever. And I got, or, like, my class assigned me Stephanie from Lazy Town. And so I ended up in all pink with a pink wig and, like, a neon pink wig. And they kind of sent me up in front of the entire school with, like, this guy who was, like, the villain from Lazy Town. And all they did... All they said was improvise. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. I, oh my God. <laughs> oh my. Yeah, I ended up doing a cartwheel and that's it. Yeah, it was bad. It was, oh God. <laughs> that, that's nice that they included you in that. Cause like, I don't know, some of that sort of stuff happened at my school. Um, but like nobody ever really told me or, tri- or me or like the other exchange students who were in our class, like what was going on. Um, and like one time I like just showed up and everybody was wearing makeup and was like changing into different clothing. And I was very confused. Um, and there were some people who weren't doing anything. So I just like hung out with them, uh, while everybody else was like getting into costumes. And I was like, what is this? And they're like, oh yeah, this happens on this specific day every year. And I was like, yeah. Nobody was talking about this yesterday, and they were like, "Yeah, no, because we just know." Uh, yeah, I know it can be a little. Life can be a little frustrating sometimes when you don't understand what's happening, and nobody tells you, of course. But it sucks that they didn't even try to include you. Yeah, no, I, my, yeah, it was not. It was not that fun. But I think that that's part of the, part of the one of the good things about exchange mm-hmm. is it really like forces you to be flexible and sort of take things as they come because I know that before I went on exchange I was like a planner like I had my life planned out like I had a calendar you know with all my things and all my schedules um and I come here and I'm like hey like what time are we doing this and they're like I don't know and I was like what do you mean you don't know it's tomorrow and they're like yeah it's gonna happen tomorrow 
So that was a big change for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like adaptability and flexibility is probably like the top requirement of being an exchange student, I think. Yeah, I've never really thought about that before. That I feel like that is like a good a good thing that people should should really yeah. understand before going on exchanges that they're going to have to be flexible. They're going to have to be able to change mm-hmm. and adapt to new situations because that's pretty much what all of it is, is adapting to new situations. Literally. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And then I'm I'm curious, do you have any like if if there were to be an exchange or somebody who who if there were to be somebody who was thinking about going on exchange and they were to ask you like what are some of the things that you wish you knew about before you went on exchange and sort of tips that you would give them or or advice that you would give them for for preparing and then also just for getting through their exchange year um mm-hmm. yeah and, and how to how to work with that I know yeah we've all heard this before but learn the language <laughs> do as much as you can before coming <laughs> and maybe don't go to another country and learn that language first. That was a bad idea. <laughs> um, and if you're someone, yeah, if you're someone who likes to read or like draw while in class mm-hmm. instead of like socializing, like put that on pause mm-hmm. in the first weeks, completely on pause, maybe even for the first month or two. Yeah, socialization is important. I have to remind myself that um, all the time. <laughs> yeah, me too. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, no, it's 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 interesting to see the the differences between people's exchange experiences when they have lots of friends and they're just sort of not afraid to make themselves silly and make themselves be a joke uh, versus those who are more reserved and trying to make sure that they do everything right. Cause I feel like at first mm-hmm. I was very much trying to make sure that my Spanish was correct yeah. and all these things. And it just made me not sort of like stop trying to talk to people. And, but once I like was able to be like, Oh yeah, I'm going to mess up and that's okay. Mm-hmm. I was able to, have more conversations, able to interact more with my peers and really, really sort of get myself out there and, and have a better, better experience day to day. Yeah. When I stopped worrying about it. For sure. For sure. I think, okay, I have one of my friends who I, who was kind of doing the whole rotary journey with me before we came to Chile and everything. She went to Indonesia instead. And every once in a while I call her and She gave me some advice, like, I don't know, two months ago, that was kind of along the lines of be silly, stupid, funny, because people are more comfortable around, like, stupid people. (laughs) Yeah, that's definitely a struggle. I like to be serious, sad, and smart. (laughs) Gotta change it up, Bowen. I know, I know, Maya. <laughs> yeah, it's a struggle. Yeah, thank you so much for for coming on this podcast. This is the longest one I've done so far. Um, I've oh, I haven't broken the fifth the the forty five minute mark yet. So we're at fifty one. So it'll get cut down, obviously. Um, yeah, it'll definitely get cut down because a lot of it's just us waiting for the audio to come through. Uh, 
Right. But yeah, anything anything else you're interested in sharing or No, just I don't know, get lost every once in a while. It's fun. Yes, definitely. Thank you so much for for coming on the podcast. It was a pleasure to have you on. Um it's always fun to get to talk with people who I already know and I'm already friends with yeah. and and be able to yeah, sort of yeah, talk about random interesting yeah. things. We should do this again. <laughs> Eventually. Yeah, if anybody who's listening is an exchange student or was an exchange student and wants to get on the podcast, they can reach out to me at uh, exchangestudentstories.podcast on Instagram um, or exchangestudentstoriespodcast at gmail.com. And there will be more episodes coming out in the future. So stay tuned.